0: Oh, yeah. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Regulators Podcast. I am your host, Waldo Waldi. Thank you for joining me today. And You know, I have to say, I was a little concerned initially. As I was working out this podcast for this week, I thought, there's not a lot of action, there's not a lot of things going on this week, but, you know, we still want to give them a good show. We want to get out there and give you guys your uh, money's worth, so to speak. So I was storyboarding for the show, and then every once in a while, a gem just falls in your lap, and you know what? It is going to be an excellent show. It really is today. So, I tell you what, if you agree with us by the end of this show, please, please share it with your friends. Um, we would love to continue expanding our network, 500 cities in like 19 countries, and we're continuing to grow. So, we appreciate all of you guys out there. And, um, you know, th- this is going to be another really, really good show. But a uh, couple things to hit right before we get into it is uh, shout out to Ben Bruce this week for winning our uh, giveaway contest. As you guys know, if you follow us, we do a lot of giveaways on the show. We've done everything from jerseys, cash. Um, a lot of people have uh, gotten some memorabilia and some different things. But we've been looking for your suggestions for what we should give away this upcoming season. We've heard things like uh, NFL tickets. Sunday pass um, tickets to an actual game which would be a little bit more difficult but I think we might be able to pull something off Um, I'm not sure and uh, there's a bunch of things that we're going to try to do this season as well so please continue to submit those suggestions to us for what we should do in the show and uh, we're excited to keep hooking you guys up but uh Ben is uh, from Manitoba, Canada, which a lot of you guys may not know. My father is actually from Canada, beautiful country up there. If you get the chance to go, definitely. Uh, He was born in Calgary, but Edmonton, Vancouver, like there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful places up there. And uh, go give Ben a follow on Twitter. You can find him at Ben's Fan 343 on Twitter. So appreciate him supporting the show. And uh, we're going to try to hook you guys up with uh, some more things this week and, and moving forward. And uh, also, shout out to the Netherlands. We got uh, a bunch of new listeners in the Netherlands. So uh, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, if you guys know anyone in Hawaii, North Dakota, New Hampshire, West Virginia, or Mississippi, those are the target demos this week. That's where we're trying to get because those are like the few places in the United States that the Regulators podcast has not reached yet. So as much as you should send the podcast to everybody, if you have people in those places, please hit them up. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Let's get into this week's show. Now, Justin James Watt. J.J. Watt signed a two-year deal, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed, which is about $11.5 million, uh guaranteed per season. Now, we told you last week when reports were coming out that he'd been offered $16 million per year, possibly more, uh, from other teams. We said, run out and fucking sign it. Like, if, if that's the situation, then go out and get that deal signed. So he ends up signing with the Arizona Cardinals. The money that the Arizona Cardinals gave him... Makes him the sixth highest guaranteed money per year among edge rushers. So that's more than Miles Garrett. That's more than Khalil Mack, as far as average uh, guaranteed money per year. Now let's look at his 2020 numbers, which we've tweeted out and kind of gone over on the Twitter page. Remember, you can find us at Regulators Pod on Twitter. We love to uh, talk football with you guys. So. Last year, J.J. Watt had five sacks, which was good for 59th in the NFL. Now, he had 14 tackles for a loss, which was good for 6th in the NFL. That was actually his highest-ranked stat that he had last year in 2020. Now, he had 29 pressures, which was good for 31st in the league. He had 17 quarterback hits, which was good for 28th. Two forced fumbles, which was good for 34th. And then he had one interception and 52 tackles. I'm not going to rank that because it'd be unfair to him because there's so many other positions that have better opportunities. Um, but you you can see kind of where we're going with this narrative here. He is now receiving the sixth most guaranteed money per year for an edge rusher, yet he is not producing top six uh, talent right now. And you have to take into consideration the fact that he missed 32 games in the last five years, and he's going to be 32 this month. So he's definitely at the tail end of his career. I see a lot of great stats that are saying, you know, since 2012, nobody has been, like, okay, well, you know, can we get 2012 J.J. Watt? Because that's that's not who we have right now. So we know how free agency works somebody's gonna overpay that's that's how the situation works uh i think the cardinals did that in this situation is he a great leader in the locker room a hundred percent is he gonna give you intangible things and does he have insight that aren't necessarily measured on a stat sheet of course and i i think jj watt is not only a tremendous football player but a tremendous human being and i have all the respect in the world for him But I do think the Cardinals overpaid in this situation. And of course, as we predicted on the show, on Twitter, what always happens, there's already reports out there that he was offered more money by the Browns, the Colts, and roughly the same amount of money by the Tennessee Titans. This happens every time. Just once, I would like to see a tweet that says, the player was only offered one other offer by another team for a shorter length and less money. Like, I just want to see some honesty, because this idea that, oh, there was all these people who wanted to pay him way more money, and he turned them down because he thought this was such a great organization. Now, granted, were there other teams who maybe might have matched the deal, or might have paid like a fraction more? Maybe. But this idea... That we always try to spin it to say that, oh no, this player turned down like millions of dollars because he just really, really wanted to be here. You know, that's, that's very, very rarely the case, and it's more often the case with a player who stays with his current team, but not when you're opening it up to free agency and just looking all over the place. So that narrative, of course, is already out there again, as predicted, but... We'll see how it works out for J.J. in Arizona. I wish him the best. Obviously, Um, it's a good addition to the defensive line that they have there. Um, But, you know, again, I I think he's kind of on the tail end. and And I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes ham, shuts me up, and earns every penny of that contract. But we'll see. So speaking of free agents, Alex Smith is about to be a free agent for the first time in his life he was informed by the Washington football team that he is not going to be retained going into the 2021 season. Obviously, he was the comeback player of the century this year, and they should rename that trophy after him. Um, But in 2020, he went five and one, uh, despite being on a not-great team and a not-great division. Obviously, Wins is not a quarterback stat, and you look at his actual stats, he had a 66.7 completion percentage, which isn't bad, but then you look at he threw six touchdowns to eight interceptions. Not great. Um, as far as Alex Smith, I think he can be a serviceable backup somewhere because, again, you're hoping that the guy never has to be your starting quarterback Or you're hoping that, God forbid, he has to fill in for one game uh, and kind of game manage while your quarterback has some weird freak injury, you know, something happens to his hand and he can't play for a week or, or something like that. So in that situation, I think Alex Smith can still be a serviceable backup in the NFL. I think that the best landing spots for him are places where you have young quarterbacks who could use his knowledge and his expertise. So the possibilities that I see for him is Cincinnati, who, if you've listened to the show, you know that I was not high on them getting rid of Andy Dalton. I understand that Andy, you know, moved on to Dallas and, you know, it's, you need that veteran, not just the leadership, but you need someone who's been through it. It's like, have you ever worked at a job and you realize that their training sucks You realize that you show up on the first day, they basically give you your name badge or tell you how to clock in, and then that's it. You're on your own. How much better would it be if you had somebody who knew what they were doing, train you and walk you through the steps and tell you what they see differently when they're looking at this versus that? You need a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is there and just trying to help you at every step of the way at every turn so that's where I think Alex Smith can be a best service to a future quarterback um, you know that's where I see Cincinnati like I said that got rid of Andy Dalton I think he could be a great asset to Joe Burrow I think if the Chargers move away from Terod Taylor I think that opens up a spot where he could be serviceable to Justin Herbert Obviously, we mentioned Fitz. I think there's a very good chance that Miami loses him. Uh, He's a free agent this year, and I'm not sure that he will be returning to the Dolphins. So if he does not, then I could see him potentially being uh, a good fit in Miami. And um, I'm also interested to watch some of the teams to see where he does ultimately sign. Because here's the thing. Um, He could sign with a team like Denver. He could... Be there to mentor a Drew Locke or something like that, or he could be there to mentor the quarterback that they are about to draft. So I think it will be very telling. There's a good to fair chance that he goes somewhere to be the veteran backup quarterback and he goes to a team that has a young quarterback. However, I think there's a fair chance that you see a team like the Raiders, you see a team like the Seahawks, you see a team that has an established quarterback that doesn't really need that Alex Smith-type role, but they go after him, which will be them tipping their hat and it will, excuse me, tipping their hand and showing you what they're going to do because there's obviously been a lot of talk about uh, Russell Wilson could potentially be on the move, Derek Carr could be on the move, and I hate buying into these rumors, before anything actually happens. If it happens, it happens, and we'll talk about it. But if you think that you are bringing in a rookie quarterback, the smartest thing that you can do is have a great veteran quarterback in that quarterback room. That's the smartest thing that you can do. So if a team brings Alex Smith into a situation where there's already a semi-established quarterback. I think that that could be a sign that the team is looking to explore the option of moving their current quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how fast he signs. If when he's released and all of that happens, or if the draft process plays out and then somebody says, okay, we got our rookie and now we'll go get Alex. Um, It'll be very fascinating to watch because I think those things will connect. I think those dots will connect and he will definitely be a mentor for somebody. A lot of people forget just how good Alex Smith was when he was on. Um, So I think that'll be a fascinating watch as we get closer to the draft. Um, Other signings around the league, Jason Sanders, kicker for the Miami Dolphins who had an excellent year, signed a five-year $22 million extension with the Miami Dolphins. So this brings him to, uh, I think there's seven and a half million in new guaranteed money under the extension, and it puts him under contract until 2027. Um, But most of the guaranteed money is all up front, so the Dolphins could walk away from him in a few years if all of a sudden he regresses or it proves that this year was kind of a fluke. So, but it's, it's a good team friendly deal. And obviously, Jason Sanders played his mind out this year, snub for the Pro Bowl, but uh, it was a well-earned contract. Also, you had Taylor Heineke signed a two-year deal, only $4.75 five million for his deal, which obviously that's a, that's a backup deal and that's fine. But that also led into the whole Alex Smith situation and things like that. Another contract situation I think think is interesting to talk about is uh, what's going on in Baltimore. So Mark Andrews is 25 years old. He's going to get $3.3 million this year. On his rookie contract, he has averaged about $860,000 a year. He's going to be a free agent next year. Now, Mark Andrews had 701 yards last season, which was good for fifth among tight ends. He had seven touchdowns, also good for fifth among tight ends. I think in fantasy, he was like the fourth best fantasy tight end. I know he helped me win my championship, so appreciate you, Mark. Um, Nick Boyle just recently signed a two-year extension for $13 million, $10.5 million guaranteed. And this will be Boyle's sixth season in the league, and he has four touchdowns in his career. Now, to be very clear, make no mistake, Nick Boyle is an amazing run-blocking tight end. That's why they kept him. That's why they offered him the extension. He's not there to be Gronkowski. And, you know, obviously Gronk can block as well, but Gronk is more known for um, his prowess trying to get out in the open and unfortunately being matched up by an undersized linebacker or whoever they put on him. So... Mark Andrews is going to score the points. We know what an asset he is at tight end, but they extended their run blocking tight end and gave him a nice two-year extension. So I'm not trying to say that Nick Boyle's contract wasn't deserved, but I think that if I were the Ravens, I would be looking to extend Mark Andrews sooner rather than later um i i think that mark andrews is a huge huge asset i mean i know everyone talks about kelsey and kittle um and obviously waller has broken onto the scene but andrews is right there andrews is right there i'm not saying he's kelsey um and obviously kittle's got a lot more uh time to get up to those kelsey numbers and prove he can do it consistently and stay healthy and all of that, but um, Mark Andrews is the real deal. Mark Andrews is is definitely a legitimate tier one tight end, and I think that he needs to get paid. Um, I think the Ravens need to handle that. So, but that's you know the free agent stuff that's going on right now. We're obviously two weeks away from the start of the league year. I'm excited, can't wait. Jack to the tits. I'm ready to go. Um we're gonna have a huge breakdown next week of all of the free agent stuff and w- we'll get into all of that stuff. But uh still got a lot of stuff to get into on this week's show. So Dan Campbell press conferences, man, I-, I told you, are are gonna be great. He's had another one uh earlier today, uh just about the decisions between him and Brad Holmes and who who gets the decisions Uh, during the draft and how that's gonna go and stuff and man this guy's just entertaining to watch behind a microphone and he makes you want to buy in he makes you want to buy in so bad and I I really hope that he matches the hype on the field and that they're able to put together some winning football because Detroit needs it badly I mean they they've waited for a long time and they deserve it and I, I would love to see good football played in Detroit but uh Dan Campbell is entertaining as always. So I I definitely appreciate that. Um, By the way, this week's show is sponsored by Argyle Human Resources. Argyle is a boutique human resources firm that helps create custom resumes, LinkedIn pages, cover letters, and executive bios. They have decades of experience, and most importantly, they know how to get your resume past applicant tracking software. So Get the resume that will get you noticed. Go to www.getargyle.com and let them help you find the best version of you. Um, appreciate them sponsoring this show. And I want to chat real quick with uh, some people. Uh, this may get mixed reviews because I, I know I come off insulting sometimes and I, I don't mean to be, but I need to talk to my boomers. And I'm not talking about the cool, progressive Boomers. I'm not talking about the people who are hip and with the times, but I'm talking about the ones that just refuse absolutely to deal with the fact that the world is changing around them. So I saw two major pieces of trash this week that I want to talk about. So the first one was an article that just destroyed Pat McAfee. Now, this article was in a major publication. I'm not even going to repeat the publication because they're just such trash for this. But the person destroyed the Pat McAfee show and more specifically destroyed Pat McAfee and said that he drops F-bombs and curses like a sailor and that is obviously a sign of no intelligence, and if he were smarter, he would be able to use better words, and it shows the, that society's falling apart because, you know, these foul-mouthed hooligans are running and everything. Like, first of all, the gentleman who wrote this article said more things, more negative things about the character of Pat McAfee than Pat McAfee has ever said about anyone on any episode of his fucking shows. So the fact that you can't appreciate a little bit of colorful language on a podcast that is downloaded by Free Will and listen to people who obviously appreciate him and his brand is blowing the hell up. We are a huge fan of his show. And if you can't appreciate that, Then that's fine. You don't have to. But to write an article trashing the guy and saying he has no intelligence and he's obviously not very smart because he uses curse words like that is a true sign of low intelligence is such horseshit and it's such a cheap shot. And I hope that guy gets hit by a fucking bus, if I'm being honest. Because, you know, here's the problem there are actually studies that have been done that show that people who swear are more genuine, they're more trustworthy, and they're more loyal. There are all kinds of studies done. So this idea that we're living in a 1950s black and white sitcom and we can't say shit or fuck is so ridiculous. Now, is there a time and place for everything? Of course. I'm sure that, you know, if Pat walks into the mattress store to purchase a, a new bed, he doesn't go, hey, you fucking guys, what kind of shit is over here? Like, that's that's not how everybody talks in everyday life, necessarily. But there's a time, and there is a place. And when you have a show where people speak freely, and they are speaking their minds, and it encourages them to be comfortable and speak their minds, there's nothing wrong with it. We obviously fall from that same light and, and encourage that on our show as well, and I think that to sit there and attack somebody personally, because you don't like the way their completely private, completely, you know, standalone thing is, like, change the fucking channel, man, like, like, don't download it, don't listen to it, why would you ever personally attack somebody, because they're using a language that, that, that you don't like, like, it's, it's just ridiculous, so there was that, that was one of the major pieces of trash that I saw this week. And the other was about an unpaid internship. Now, in fairness, the person who posted this, I'm sure didn't think twice about what they were doing. They were helping out a friend. They, they had a bunch of Twitter followers, and they, they thought that they would share something to help somebody out. But here's the general gist. Somebody was looking for someone to work an unpaid internship. A different person thought they would help this person out and post it to their timeline. Hey, so-and-so is looking for an unpaid intern to work this situation. All of a sudden, that person was inundated with a whole bunch of people saying, you know, who the hell's working an unpaid internship in this day and age and you know, why are you trying to get free labor and etc. And then what made it worse, though, was that the person then tried to defend themselves and say that they had to come up that way. And they had to work for years for free. And they didn't get paid. And they paid their dues. And they still had a job and they were able to make it work. Well, here's the problem with that, right? Boomers have two kind of vines that they usually take whereas they say you know these millennials they sit at home they sit in their parents basement and they eat too much avocado toast and they just you know don't want to work and don't don't want to do anything and then out of the other side of their mouth they say well you should work for free for a few years and pay your dues and all of that well which one is it herb Because I can't work for free and pay my dues and do all your unpaid internships for years and then also live in my own place and support myself and all of these things. It's just, I feel sometimes people are so out of touch with the world that is going on around them that they just can't comprehend what has changed so much. I mean, without getting uber political and... Really, taking this show in a direction that I don't want to, I will at least say you look at what the cost of college was thirty years ago, forty years ago, and the amount of debt incurred when you came out of college compared to what the salary was and what you could make, and how few people had certain degrees and you know where that placed you in the workforce. again, I'm not going to get into a huge thing, but the point is, is that we live in different times now. We live in times where you can't necessarily ask people to work for free. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't projects where people can lend themselves to for free, where um, you know they're offering to help out on a project here or to write an article for something or to do something to get your foot in the door. I understand all of that. I understand all of that, but I am talking about people who are asking for 40 hours a week of an unpaid internship because they want slave labor. They want somebody to work for them for free because they don't want to pay that individual, and they want to be able to get value in return for not having to put anything out. That's not how the world works anymore, and we're going to come back to how the world works again in a second, but The problem is that there are so many people who are angry that the world doesn't work the way that they thought it worked and they just stand there and want to take everybody down and try to destroy everybody like they're the ones doing something wrong when we're all just trying to move forward and we're all trying to do better. And that brings us back into the game of football where we're going to talk about some things where some of these old-timers are very, very upset that the game doesn't belong to them anymore. It just doesn't. So this idea of, you know, back in my day, the way we used to play football and the way players used to play and the, you know, yeah, that day is gone. I I get it. You're you're okay to like that. I mean, I loved, you know, a lot of the, the old smash mouth football, the way it used to be played, how tough some of these guys were and some of the situations they were in. But, Let's look at how bad some of those guys got fucking injured. You know, I mean what was it, Lyle uh uh, God, I can't remember his name from the Raiders. I wanna say Azado, but I, I know I'm getting his name wrong. But he used to like club people on the side of the head. He'd come after you as a as a lineman and just smash you in the head. You can't you can't do that anymore. I mean the things that you used to be allowed to do that they have outlawed due to player safety. Some of those things are good for the game. You know, change isn't always necessarily bad. A lot of people are mad that, you know, the game isn't the same. And granted, not all changes are great, but there's also a lot of good that comes with them. And I mean, I think about people make the argument all the time. How many touchdowns would Dan Marino have in the same game but if the wide receiver wasn't allowed to be laid out 5 yards you know after he he ran downfield like the the g- changes to the game have been so insane that we talk about the difference on offense, we talk about the QBR, we talk about all these things that have changed statistically, and you can see the numbers reflected in in all of the stats where even a mediocre quarterback by today's standards is superior to things that people were doing 20-30 years ago. So I need for some of these boomers to let go. I need you to understand that this world does not belong to you anymore. It doesn't even really belong to me anymore. Because these guys that are coming up that are getting drafted out of college, Patrick Mahomes is younger than me. Uh, Russell Wilson is younger than me. These guys that are shaping the league in their image are younger than me. This is their time. This is their league. And they will shape the league. And it's not for me to sit there in my lawn chair on the front yard of the NFL and say, well, you know, back in my day, we used to do it like that. We're not in my day anymore. We're in their day, and I'm happy to still be a part of it. So, while we're on that note, there was something that happened right before I was about to do this show that just all of a sudden became a flame war on Twitter, and I don't even know what I stepped in that all of a sudden became a huge deal because I thought it would be something that was... Fairly uh, non controversial, but as always, Twitter showed me that I, of course, was wrong. So, Kyle Van Noy was informed by the Miami Dolphins that he would be released. And he signed less than a year ago a four year, $51 million contract to come play for the Miami Dolphins. And so I simply said, less than a year ago, Kaya Vannoy signed a four-year $51 million contract, so you can miss me with that players should honor their contract bullshit. Okay? And all of a sudden, here they came out of the woodwork. So here's here's my problem with this. When you are saying players should honor their contract, here's what you are actually saying when you say this. And it's okay. It's it's fine. But here's what you are actually saying. This person makes millions of dollars to play a game. And since I publicly hear about their dissatisfaction, I see them as ungrateful and I take that personally. That's a perfectly, you know, reasonable observation to draw and it's an opinion and you are fine to have that. But that is your only fucking argument and just say that. Just say what it is. Don't say, players should on it, because you don't care. You don't care about the contract. You don't care about honor and integrity in the way that you pretend to. You just care that this person makes millions of dollars. They should be grateful, and they should just play the game, and that's, that's fine to have your opinion. But, you know, it's easy because you don't see the billionaire side of it. You don't see Robert Kraft sitting at home and... Uh, Thinking, you know what? I pay Willie McGinnis way too much money. I don't want to pay him that much money. I'd rather use that money for something else. He can go to Cleveland. You don't get to see those conversations. You follow the players on Twitter. Obviously, every time they take a shit, it's reported and retweeted, and the information is out there so and so is unhappy and they would like a lot uh, more money. Well, you know what? Couldn't you say that about most of us? I mean, if Ian Rapaport was following you around all day, if there were people everywhere, if your receptionist or the the guy who was serving you lunch heard you say to a friend, Man, I wish I could get a raise, you know, I just like I feel like I earned some money. And then all of a sudden somebody sold that information to Schefter and then it was out there like the same thing could happen. But you just you don't see it from the other side. So again And I want to be perfectly clear because this is where I think I got in a little bit of hot water on Twitter. The Miami Dolphins were perfectly within their rights to make a business decision and say, you know what, I know we just signed you last year to this this multi-year deal and everything, but we would like to go in a different direction. We will honor the contract and pay you the amount that we agreed to, Um, but we're not going to pay you any of the years that are coming after the next four years. We're just not going to pay. And, you know, you signed the contract. You kind of knew what it was. So, you know, that is what it is. And the Miami Dolphins are full within their rights to do that. They made a business decision and love it or hate it. That's that's the way it works. They're fully entitled with it. I have zero problem with that. I have zero problem with that. And I wasn't saying, you know, oh, the NFL should. No, what I'm saying is I hate hypocrisy and I hate the demonizing of players who, oh, they should honor their contract. Why? The NFL doesn't honor their fucking contract. Now, here's here's where I get the pushback. So I'm going to single handedly go down each reason that everybody has come at with me on Twitter and tell you why all of those reasons are bullshit and why the first take that I gave you is your only take that you have. So, the first argument I get is, well, if they're so unhappy, why don't they just wait till free agency? Well, here's the problem with that. Franchise tag. Franchise tag again. Franchise tag again. You could literally be stuck there until you get injured horribly. I mean, look at the Drew Brees situation. Drew Brees, for people who aren't young enough to remember uh, or who are young enough not to remember. How do I say that? You know what I meant. Um, Drew Brees used to play for the Chargers and the Chargers were trying to get a deal done, but, you know, they couldn't get the deal where they wanted to, kind of like the Cowboys situation. So they said, you know what? We're going to franchise Drew Brees. Drew Brees was obviously very not happy about it. He played under the franchise tag, but he got hurt. So when he got hurt, the Chargers decided, well, you know what? He's hurt now. He's damaged goods. We're going to move on. And they went and, you know, Philip Rivers, obviously, you know, you know the rest. Drew Brees ends up in New Orleans, and it fortunately worked out for Drew Brees. Um, you know, he, he played a lot of years with the Saints. And the issue, though, is that you don't necessarily, just because you have a two year deal or three year deal do- oh like that's it. It's it's over in two years or it's over in three years. Look at the Dak Prescott situation. Dak Prescott got franchised. He got injured, just like Drew Brees. And now he probably will get franchised again unless they can work out some sort of a deal. And then Cowboys could move on next year. It's it's you you're restricting player movement, right? So I don't get that argument a lot, but, you know, people will bring it up. You know, oh, they could just wait till they're free agents. I would be okay with that if there was no such thing as the franchise tag. I think the franchise tag is absolute bullshit because by that point, the player honored his deal. You signed him for three years, he played his three years, and now he should be able to do what he wants. You had three years to say, no, 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 we like you, we want to keep you. You didn't. The franchise tag is bullshit. So the next argument I get is that, well, the player agreed to it. He knew what he was signing, so you know he should just stay and, and play for as long as they want him to play. Now, here's the problem with that fucking argument. The player agrees to a set of circumstances, right? So let's say you took a job. Job says, we're going to pay you $12 an hour, and this is your responsibilities. And you say, okay, I'm okay with that. Now, all of a sudden, six months in, you get a new boss who is completely abusive to you, who's completely incompetent, and you decide, "Mm, you know what, I don't think this is for me anymore. You could go, and you could get a new job. They can't say, well, listen, you agreed to work here and deal with it for $12 an hour, so I'm sorry, you're stuck here for the next two years. Doesn't work like that. And then I had this amazing gentleman, which, first of all, I, I, I want to just say I love the civil discourse on, on Twitter. I love all the disagreements. Uh, there's there's one fan named Mike. He's a Bears fan. We get into it uh, all the time over things we disagree with. Uh, there's, there's a couple other guys that, that are constant on the Twitter feed that we do not always see eye to eye. But they usually keep it respectful. And I'm glad to have those conversations. And I'm glad to hear different perspectives and and different things. So I I appreciate all of it, it. And it's all love when it when it's in that context. But I did have one gentleman who said, Well, you know, if you hire a plumber, and they come to your house, and they're doing a shitty job, you can fire them. And I said, You know what, you're absolutely right. And the point that he was trying to make is, well, if the player is not playing up to the snuff or the contract that you think you paid him, um, then you can get rid of them. And 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 that is somewhat a valid point, even though sometimes you might promise the plumber way more money than you're actually going to pay him because you know you're never going to pay him that much money. But I I won't get into it. Let's just address it head on. So I said, yes, if the plumber's doing a shitty job, you can say, get your shit and get out. On that same token, though, if the plumber gets there and you said, listen, you know, there's just a small leak, you know, in the back bathroom. Uh, Can you handle it? You know, and he says, yes, it'll cost this. And then all of a sudden the player gets there or the plumber gets there and he realizes this is a much bigger job. You've got plumbing issues in every single room in the house. I've got to get under the foundation. I'm going to need extra equipment. This is a much more difficult job than you originally said it was going to be. So therefore, the plumber has to rethink the situation. And if you don't want to pay the plumber more money, he can say, well, it's not worth it. I'm going to get up and leave. Also, if you're a dick to the plumber and you're standing over him condescending to him, he can also say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave. And then he can go to the next plumbing job. You can't say, no, plumber, you're stuck here and you have to work on on mine no matter what. If the circumstances change, you have to fix my pipes, you have to do whatever you do because you didn't pay him all of the money up front. You know, you're going to obviously pay him as as he does each job the same way that a NFL team pays each year for the contract and pays what they're supposed to pay. But when they cut you 11 months into a 4-year deal, they only have to pay you the guaranteed money. They don't have to pay you your salary for the next three years if it's not guaranteed. So that's a shitty argument. And then I get these, well, you know, you you don't see this in the NBA or the MLB. How come the Major League Baseball, blah, 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 blah. First of all, Major League Baseball pays fully guaranteed contracts. And most of the NBA gets fully guaranteed contracts as well. So Miss me with this bullshit about comparing leagues that you can't even compare the contracts to because if the NFL paid fully guaranteed contracts, then guess what? They wouldn't be cutting someone 11 months into a four-year deal. They would be letting that contract play out as much as possible, or they'd sign maybe smaller deals, or they they would work it out, whatever it is, but you can't compare a league that pays fully guaranteed contracts. And now the gentleman that I was having the conversation with um, over the plumbing situation, we continued to go back and forth and he tried to compare this. And then he was like, well, finally he got to where I knew the conversation was going to go. He said that, well, you, you can't compare that, you know, with with the plumbing situation because, you know, they get paid to play football and they have incentives if they do a good job. So first of all, that's that's the ultimate point. Like, I didn't bring plumbers into this. He did. But the point is, this is where all of these conversations eventually get back to. They get paid to play football. You just said it. You just said exactly what I said five minutes ago is your only fucking argument. This person makes millions of dollars to play a game. And since I hear about their dissatisfaction, I see them as ungrateful. And I take that personally. That's it. That's your fucking argument. Then just say that. Say that, you know, they get paid to play football and, you know, I don't think they should be able to bitch about their contract. I don't agree with you, per se, but you can make that statement and you're fully entitled. But miss me with this bullshit about how they should honor the contract that they signed. NFL don't honor the contract, man. So why should the players and this bullshit about well the NFL technically did honor the contract because in that 4 year deal uh that they signed they only had to pay if you were still on the roster in year 2 so they got rid of you before year 2 so that's that's smart on them bro you guys side with billionaires over millionaires and it's it's hilarious to me and then use that same justification to be jaded about millionaires that they get paid to play a football game. Listen, again, the NFL teams are well within their rights to make these business decisions. I have no problem with it. They're running a business and they can make those decisions. But the player, the human being can also make a business decision. They can do what's best for them. They can do its best for their family the same way that players opted out due to COVID concerns. And each player had to think about what was best for them and what was best for their family. You don't get to tell another human being what they should do, how they should act in, the, in their best interest. You're not in their shoes. So, again, say what you want to say. Be honest and just say, Guy gets a lot of money to play football. I think he should shut the fuck up. You know, just just say that. If that's what you really want to say. But stop with the players should honor their contract bullshit. Because it's disingenuous. And it's a statistical fact that when a free agent signs a five-year deal, he is statistically more likely to only play out one year of that deal than he is to play out five years of that deal. So let's not act like everybody goes in with the best intentions. It's a business, I get it and both shi- both sides should be able to make business decisions when it suits them. Now are there players that get one year, two years into a mega extension contract and all of a sudden decide, well, I still think I should make more money and uh, you know I want someone to pay me more money or they're gonna I'm gonna sit out Some players do that. And do I think that, you know, maybe they are kicking and screaming a little bit too early? Yes, I do. Which is why a lot of you have to understand when I'm making stats on Twitter, when I'm releasing information, unless I'm specific, if I want to talk about a certain player, I will name that player. I will say, I think Deshaun Watson blank. I think Xavier Howard blank. But do not intend to assume that I am talking about a specific situation that is happening on your Twitter feed because what happens too often is people who are let's say they're Packers fans they're all on Packers Twitter and everything is happening on Packers Twitter and there's a, a common thread that everybody is talking about that day and then I post something and because all they see is my post in between all of that they think oh He's talking about our free agent. He's talking about our player. And then they they blast me on Twitter for, for no reason. If I want to be specific, I will be specific. But there there are plenty of players who are asking for more money than they probably deserve. There are plenty of players who are making less money than they deserve. And I think could make a little noise if they really wanted to so you have to examine everything on a case-by-case basis and that's the whole point i mean i feel that's how life is in general you can't just apply blanket statements so when you apply those blanket statements of players should honor their contract no there are some players who signed a fair deal and should play up to that deal of course but we're not sith so don't speak in absolutes don't tell me that every player should just do whatever their contract says, and uh, like, just just stop with that bullshit. And you have no idea what's going on in some of these organizations. And while we're on that note, before we move into the next thing, I want to say that again, I love, I love the civil discourse on Twitter, and I love the conversations that we have. And even when it gets a little heated, you know, it's 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 all love. And I'm just happy to talk football. And until we have actual meaningful NFL games back on television. This is what has to hold me over. So I appreciate all the differing opinions. What I don't appreciate is the condescending bullshit. So when you're speaking to me, speak to me like we were out in public and you were three feet from my face because I guarantee you some of the things that get said on Twitter Would never be said to my face. And not only because they're just the type of things you wouldn't normally say to someone's face, but because people see a Twitter feed, they see social media, and they don't even stop to imagine the person that's sitting behind it. So, because of that, there are plenty of people who listen to the podcast or more specifically come across our Twitter feed and They don't know who I am. They don't know what my experience is, what I have done in my life, where I have been, and the things that I have knowledge of. So I think it's hilarious to hear people when they condescend to me and they question my knowledge on certain things and they have no idea the background that I have and the same way that I have no idea the background that they have. For all I know, even though I assume that I'm arguing with some 14-year-old or someone with the IQ of a rock, they could very well be an insider at an NFL nor- organization. Maybe they're the head of scouting for you know, the Cowboys or the Jets or the Broncos, and this is their burner Twitter account. I don't fucking know, but that's why I don't assume. I will argue the facts with you and we can talk about stats or perspectives and all kinds of things like that. But the second that you condescend to me or any of our followers on the Twitter timeline, like that's it. I'm done with you. You're muted. You're blocked. And I'm, I'm just not going to have these conversations because the second that you condescend, you've showed me exactly who you are and you've already lost the battle. And it's it's just over. So keep that shit out of our timeline. If you want to argue sports, we'll argue with you all day. All fucking day. And I'm sure that, you know, the phone's in airplane mode right now because we had to do the show. But as soon as I untake it off, I'm going to have 80 notifications of people talking shit. And I can't wait to talk shit with you. It's awesome. Keep it respectful. We'll do it all day long. And we'll always respond. We hit up everybody and try to get to every response um, as soon as we can. So enough with that, though. Um, You know, one of the things that I did want to talk about is a lot of people have been talking about trading up, trading down some of the different moves that NFL teams could potentially make um, in the draft. So what I did is I actually went and looked at the last drafts about the last 10 years of drafts and who was taken at each position and so I could provide some context to you guys and actually give you some information on what it would look like if you traded from let's say the two spot to the four or the three to the six and things like that. So here's a list of some of the results at each position taken in the draft over the last 10 years. So these are the last 10 years of number two overall picks in the NFL draft. Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Greg Robinson, Luke Jokel, Robert Griffin, and Von Miller. So those are the number two overall picks in the draft. Now next, you have the number three picks which two is owned by the Jets right now and the Dolphins have the number three pick so this is one of the ones that a lot of people have said could be on the move so the Dolphins holding the number three overall pick right now this is the last 10 years of number three overall picks so in 2020 you had Jeff Okuda before that you had and Williams Sam Darnold Solomon Thomas Joey Bosa Dante Fowler Blake Bortles Dion Jordan sorry Dolphins fans uh, Trent Richardson, and Marcel Darius. Now that's what you're getting at number three. Now, I'm not going to read off every single one of these, but one of the ones that was discussed is, you know, the Dolphins could trade out of three and possibly move back to five or six. So I would just like to give you guys an idea of what you're looking at if you trade back to five or six. So in the last 10 years, here's the number five overall picks. Tua Iloa, Devin White, Bradley Chubb, Corey Davis, Jalen Ramsey, Brandon Sharif, um, Khalil Mack, Ziggy Ansah, Justin Blackman, and Patrick Peterson. That is not a bad list. That is not a bad list at all. So when you think about the... Capital that you could pick up to drop those two spots, or even drop to three. So l- let's look at the number six overall pick. Last ten years of number six overall picks in the NFL draft, you've got Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, Quentin Nelson, Jamal Adams, Ronnie Stanley, Leonard Williams, Jake Matthews, Barkevius Mingo, Morse Claiborne, and Julio Jones. Julio Jones. I'm sorry. Um, so there's there's value there, and if you Look at the fact that you could trade back a few spots and pick up capital going into next year, possibly capital next year. It definitely looks like something that would be in the Dolphins' best interest. So another interesting stat with the uh, wide receivers in the draft, because I know a lot of people have said if the Dolphins stick at three, um, is there a chance that they take Smith, you know, the wide receiver out of Alabama at number three overall? uh obviously you've got jamar chase you've got waddle you've got some other guys some great receivers so again i think they can still trade down and get a great wide receiver but would the dolphins take him as high as number three obviously recency bias plays into that and we saw what happened in the national championship game and we know that tua has a relationship with that wide receiver but here are the uh wide receivers that have been taken in the top three picks in the NFL since 1985. There there have not been a lot of them. So since 1985, top three wide receivers taken in the NFL draft are Calvin Johnson, Braylon Edwards, Larry Fitzgerald, Charles Rogers, Andre Johnson, and Keyshawn Johnson. That's it. That's the list, man. Top three wide receivers. So you have to believe that this wide receiver that you're going to take top three is game-changing, is you know, the next Jerry Rice is, is the next like guy who's just going to completely revamp your franchise for years to come because a top three pick is a lot of capital to spend on a wide receiver. So I don't think the dolphins do it. I don't think anybody else does it. Uh, I think there's a lot of talent that can be gotten there in, in the middle of that round. Um, Again, as we look forward to the draft, there's a lot of things that you'll be able to find on our website. You can go to www.regulatorspod.com. We have uh, dropped the J-man's quarterback preview that he did, and uh, the running back preview will be up this week as well. So you can read not just about Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, but you can read about all those other guys that, you know, might fall into some of the later rounds and what Justin thinks about them and where he would kind of rank those as we get closer to the draft. Um, Remember to follow us on Twitter at RegulatorsPod. Keep it as respectful, you know, as possible, we ask, but uh, look out for our contests, our giveaways, all the things that we're going to have there. And again, just you know, we say it every week, but thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts to the people all around the US, Canada, Europe, Asia, everywhere that's listening to this show. I can't believe that you guys tune in to listen to my stupid ass talk about football every week. And uh, the pandemic has really kind of screwed us up for a lot of our in person podcasts that we were supposed to do. And uh, we prefer to do them in person just because I I feel that they come together better. Um, But we do have some on the docket coming up for you guys. And uh, we have some huge stuff coming up around the draft. So find us on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, make a Twitter. If for no reason to come talk shit with us about football, please. We, We love it. And I uh, can't wait to engage with the rest of you. I can't wait to meet a lot of the season ticket holders that have been uh, telling me they'll, they'll be out at the games this year. And uh, we're really excited. And we, we hope that we can provide a distraction from all the other bullshit that's going on in your life. Life is hard, man. Don't let it get you down. Every day is a new day, and you can make it whatever you want. So enjoy this week, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. REGULATOR!